0: Hey everyone! Welcome
1: to the show today. I am so excited about today's guest. I am kind of maybe a mini stalker of her work. <laughs> I don't. I've never stalked her, um, although it's been tempting because I'm like, who is this person, and how is she so much like me in her messaging? Um, she is a crazy amazing artist. Who, even if you don't know her name, I'm sure, 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 you know her brand. Or if you don't even know the brand name, you've definitely. seen Seen her work. So that's my little teaser before I do my quick Jellybean update and introduce her. Um, so Jellybean, uh, we are still waiting for a court date. I can't believe it. I signed, for those who haven't uh, tuned in the last couple weeks, um, I signed adoption papers on February 5th, so the fear of her being taken is pretty much gone. Um, but we're now waiting for a judge to sign off. Apparently they're super backlogged. And it could happen. I, I don't understand the process completely, to be honest, which I think is one of the most frustrating things and has made me realize that I need to, like, create a map for people after the fact, like, after I get through this. Um, because I don't know. I think when they tell me I have a court date, it might only be, like, two weeks away. But it's been now, like, five and a half weeks, I guess, since... I like signed the papers and it just feels like come on people. Um, but as I said, maybe it's only two weeks from the time. I kind of got the sense that like they make you wait forever, but then once you have the date, it's like tomorrow kind of thing. So that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe three weeks from now I'll be like she's adopted. or it could be another 10 to 12 weeks. I don't know. So that's where we are. frustrating but still best thing in the world I will admit she's having temper tantrums right now as all toddlers do Um, for those who uh, didn't see my Instagram the other day I was going on the first date I'd been on in forever and I had played beach tennis we were at the beach I needed to shower and I put her in my bathroom totally padded things like had some toys for her she decides to fully dress to open the bath or open the shower door and climb in, drenched. Like she gets under the water, she's hugging my leg, and I'm like, I just have to shower. I just have to shower. So I just made sure she was safe hugging my leg, but she's a drowned rat. And then I took a picture of her, um, sweet as can be, but also, oh my god, help me! <laughs> um, doesn't make for the best like showing up in the date in your best, as your best self, but whatever it is what it is. Um, But yeah, so really hoping she gets adopted soon. Okay, but without any further ado, I know that I'm going to have so much to ask my guest that I'm going to introduce her now. Lee Stanley is the artist, writer, and founder of Curly Girl Design, Inc. For those of you who that doesn't Instantly pop out. You know, all those like super cool pictures that you see, like whether you're in an airport or in a card store. She has canvases, she has mugs, she has coasters. And I should say, I have canvases, <laughs> mugs, and coasters uh, and cards sitting on my desk right now that I never, we were talking about this, I never like to give them away because they're so awesome. But then I want to give them away because the sentiments are perfect. Um, but they often have like girls on them that say things like we must absolutely do what we love or We're, we run the risk of doing nothing at all. And then she has a tiny little thing on there that says heart was renewed by the work. And all of her things are like that. So as I said, you can often see girls in yoga clothes. They're all drawings of course and, and yoga and everything. But in over uh, in it's over 16 years Curly Girl Design and Lee's line of clever and colorful greeting cards and giftware have taken the Industry by Delightful Storm. Focused on the magic of the small moments, her product peeks into the corners of life and taps into the hearts of all. Founded in 2002, the company began with just 12 greeting cards and has grown steadily. Lee holds two Louis Awards for greeting card excellence and has been a nominee for five others. With a focus on connecting people to themselves, and each other through writing, storytelling, and artistry, Lee hopes to serve by helping to make a big world a little more connected and joyful. Originally from the Midwest, Lee makes her home in Boston with her husband, twin little people, and her favorite mutt, Lucy. She believes firmly in the power of creativity and community to unlock our truest selves and is proudly living imperfectly with great delight. Welcome, Lee. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. So... We were talking before the break. This is the first time that I've actually gotten to talk to her live. So I'm <laughs> girl crushing a little bit if I'm being honest. Um but can you tell me your company mission because again, like when you said
2: it I'm like, "Ah, no wonder you're so awesome." Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's always it's always evolving in fact. I just was I was missed your email yesterday because I was in a leadership meeting yesterday and Having been in business for almost 17 years, we pivot all the time. But our our core values are, is it true? Is it beautiful? Does it serve? Um, and then the, the sort of fourth bottom line is, is it useful? Because we're real into, like, not making stuff that's not useful. <laughs> right. Um, and we, you know, through storytelling and writing, which is sort of the core of my work, my job, I feel or I've made it my job, to help people connect to themselves and to others um, in a way that um, brings us all closer together and and helps you sort of let yourself into your own life a little bit.
1: Yeah, and well, the one thing we were talking about, too, was the fact that, you know, you don't have, like, birthday cards per se. I mean, I guess you have a couple. But most of your cards, you kind of explained to me... Yeah, we do cards
2: for people, not occasions. Um, Right, and that's not entirely true. We do plenty of cards for occasions um, because life is an occasion. Um, And we're a greeting card company, so sometimes you have to make a birthday card. But um, my greatest joy is having my customer, like a, a store that carries my card, call me and say, oh my gosh, I had three customers in today. They stood in front of the rack of your cards and laughed and cried and bought 12 cards. And you don't, nobody goes into a store thinking they're going to buy 12 cards. Yeah, I was probably <laughs> that like, customer. <laughs> you know I'm going to blow it on cards today. Here we go. They go in looking for one thing. And then they leave with all these things that remind them of people that they love. And then... The hope is, Devin, that they go and they send those cards to the people that they love. Not hoard them at home. But, which you is know, what I do. Fighting, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: so as, here, I'm going to read you a couple of the ones that I've hoarded um, <laughs> and that are sitting on my desk right now. Since uh, you have them. I'm, yeah, since I have them. And um, <laughs> so, friends, you're going to get these very soon, I promise, even though I've had them for like, <laughs> since 2002. Um, <laughs> um, one of the hardest things to realize, she said, is that our someday is right now um we all know that i've talked about things like that funny she said how much right side up can come from upside down which is kind of like the imperfect part of what i love about your brand Mm -hmm. and then it's not enough to put your heart and soul into something she said the really important things require
2: much more than that oh that's my favorite
1: isn't it great
2: yeah i mean i don't mean to swoon over my own writing but that's one that i feel like is generally underappreciated because there's a whole bunch of people are like i don't understand i'm like if Then you haven't been challenged enough. Ah, Yes! No, I mean, it's so funny because I was telling you before the show started,
1: like, this show is called Have It All and it's about... You know, it's definitely we talk about weight loss in the beginning, but I really attribute my weight loss to finding my passion. And when I get Mm -hmm. even now in these phases of lost or uninspired, like that's when I find myself in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. So it's so important for people like when I coach them, it's not about TV style ripping everything out of their closets. It's about getting to the core of who they are and what they want and why they want to lose weight and why they want to feel great and all of that. And I feel like your messages, so, I mean, even this other one that I'm hoarding here that says, goodbye, she said, I'm off to join the circus. (laughs) Um, And a lot, I should say, too, a lot of Lee's messages, the other part of why I'm like, who is this girl and how does she have my whole life in in canvases and cards and and mugs is um, that a lot of them are about food. And, like, my coasters (laughs) upstairs are... I don't remember them exactly even though I sit and look at them all the time, but they're about um, ha- putting a little umbrella in your drink and um, or like life's about putting an umbrella in your drink or something along those lines, and I'm sorry that I'm totally bastardizing no, okay. for writing. Yeah. Um, but it's basically like I always say, you know, if you're going to eat the chocolate, enjoy the chocolate. If you're going to, you know, I serve so many different things in pretty little glasses because it makes you feel like you're eating indulgently and enjoying every bit of life. And, uh, and I feel like that's what I see in your work. And I love that you call it storytelling. And I love that you've created storytelling. Like, rightly so, call it storytelling. Because, yes, there's ten words on a card. And most cards don't necessarily tell a story. But yours do, magically. Thank you.
2: Um, mostly because I think um, I'm talking to people. I'm talking to myself. And I'm also talking to people about themselves like I reflect back so a lot of it starts with me needing to tell somebody something in a way you know that they're not thinking of it or that I've heard their story and this is what it inspired in me so I'm telling other people's stories in large part and the hope I guess is that at the root we're all trying to connect with the same you know similar story Um, uh, if if it resonates with me it probably resonates with a lot of other people or if it's what I'm going through you're almost never alone in what you're going through. And I think the more stuff you can sort of say out loud and the closer to yourself, you can feel the closer you are to having it all. I mean, honestly to me, having it all is, is being your most authentic self um, and being really Cool with that.
1: <laughs> and over your desk, having a canvas that says "Given a t- cape
2: and a tiara, I could save the world." <laughs> right. Also, right. Also, have a canvas. Um, yeah. Yes. And the food stuff. I mean, food connects us. And you, you know, whenever I work, you know, obviously, everybody's I, I struggle with food and all that sort of stuff in my own way, and. To me, the joy of it comes from sharing it with other people. And so when, you know, that's that's sort of what I celebrate when I'm writing about food is sort of the ways in which it connects us.
1: Which is, again, obvious through what you do and why I think it's so brilliant. Um, so I don't spend this entire hour just telling you how brilliant you are. Um, <laughs> can we go back to the beginning and um, tell people how this started, like, how did oh, the first card come about, and how did you decide that you were doing a card? Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah. So, that's,
2: um, oh, let me see where to start with this. I'll try and give you the edited <laughs> version so that I don't take up the whole time. I, um, I came to Boston in 2000 to work in advertising, because that's what I thought I was going to do with my life. Um, I, was, I had a degree in visual communications, like, advertising, marketing. And I went to work for this company and it was this great job and this great new city. And then the dot com bubble burst and I promptly got laid off.
0: Oh. Um,
2: and then I got myself another job. I dusted it off, got another job. You know, I knew how to get a job. I didn't know how to lose a job very well. So it was shocking. Um I was twenty two or some twenty something and um got another job and then 911 happened and i got laid off again <gasps> and a lot of people got laid off so it was this like city full of people kind of like going oh my god what do we do now and i had a friend that was opening a yoga studio and she needed help and i said you know what i'm going to take five from getting another corporate job let me just you know take a take a minute and i went and worked at her yoga studio as a manager and um It was this glorious moment of my life where um, I had been practicing yoga for a long time um, and then got to work in it, which is a little cobbler's child has no shoes sort of thing. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I didn't practice as much as I used to. But all these people come through the door and I'm the girl at the front desk and they're having these amazing transformative sort of right on time experiences in a yoga studio. And I'm the first thing they see when they come out. So there was a little like... um, Transference going on, where everybody was just so nice, and it was this little family, and we were all kind of going through this together. Um, I ended up meeting my husband there, who took him forever to ask me out. Let's be fair, um, uh, but he was there, and I thought to—I showed um, my boss at the yoga studio this little art that I was doing on the side because I thought eventually I'll have to go get a job again. I should, you know, stay hireable. So I was making these little cards for my friends, and she said oh my gosh, these are so lovely. Will you make some for the studio? And I said, of course. And so we put them in the bathroom, which is almost where my work does its best work, you know? (laughs) And people started buying prints of them off the wall in the bathroom at the yoga studio. I had this job that made me feel super good. I was running a tight little cash business out of my trunk of my car. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I had just like, I had never been happier. And then my boss, who is a dear friend, took me aside and she said, this is your dharma, like, this is what you should be doing, and I was like, absolutely not, I have no interest in running my own business, I, you know, I was an art major, like, let's be fair, I don't, you know, I had all these, I had this story about myself and what I was allowed to do, and running a business was not on that list, and I said, no, I can't do that, and she said, well, I'm gonna have to fire you so that you go do this, like, she <gasps> fired me <laughs> so that I would go do this, and I if she kicked me, you know, kicked me out of the nest. And I, you know, I nannied her child and I catered and I did all sorts of starving artist things in the meantime. Um, and I went and started this business with this other young girl who was, who had been a sort of business major. And she was like, I'll do the business side, you do the art. And we had a big plan. And that, um, is where we started. And uh, we're selling these prints. Sorry to get mired in the details, but it is, there's a good message in here. Uh, we're selling these prints off the wall. And some, we met this woman, and she, she said, my sister does product development. Um, do you want to have drinks with her? I said, sure. I don't know what product development is, but let's have drinks. I like drinks. And um, <laughs> she took one look at my work, and she said, oh, you know, she's this really amazing, powerful like New Jersey lady and she was like oh you should make greeting cards here's my printer's phone number tell him I sent you he'll give you my pricing blah 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 just do it and I was so sort of taken about you know like sort of just like taking it at face value in that moment of my life that I just did that I didn't ask questions I didn't think oh I am going to be a greeting card company now just said she said I should do this Let's do it, and we put all of Jenna's Bat Mitzvah money into printing these cards. And ten thousand cards or twelve thousand cards show up on my porch in a few weeks. And the note in the invoice says, "Pay us when you can." And that that combination of sort of not knowing enough to question it. <laughs> You know, ah, yes. Yeah, and the generosity of that guy knowing the place that I was in in that moment, um, were the were the heart and soul and the start of our business, and um, so we have twelve. We had twelve greeting cards. We put them all in one box, which is insane, and um, went to the stationery show. <laughs> wow. Um, kind of the rest is a little bit history, except for my business partner. Um, decided that it wasn't something that she wanted to do about a year in. And she said she wanted to quit. And we had, you know, our assets included at that time, a laptop computer, QuickBooks Pro, or whatever (laughs) it was at the time, and 12,000 greeting cards. And she's like, well, I'm taking the computer. And I was like, wait, you can't. And I just lost it. I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? And I, my then boyfriend, now husband, came home, and he said, well you have about 24 hours to cry about this and then you have to decide either to run this company or go get a job because we don't have any money
1: <laughs> okay i'm going to interrupt you there because we have to go to break and this is a perfect yes. transition yes. so we'll get to hear what happened next yes. stay tuned everyone <laughs> Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: channel we don't follow we lead. join us the voice america influencers channel you are listening to have it all with devin alexander To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am here with artist, creator, entrepreneur, founder, Lee Stanley from Curly Girl Design, uh, my girl crush slash favorite artist who has things all over my house. (laughs) Um, She was just telling us how she basically got laid off from jobs and then started doing this as a hobby, and it turned into, um, well, It it didn't turn into a booming business immediately, but uh, Lee, can you pick up? It you had twelve thousand cards and a business uh, uh, business partner who just quit
2: and took the computer. (laughs) Yeah, she took her her our one asset, my all the paper in my attic. Um, And like I said, my it, it sounds like sage advice, but I think it was really just sort of the state of our lives was we were definitely in the starving artist phase, and catering and nannying and coaching and doing other side jobs to sort of make this work and my boyfriend at the time now husband said uh yeah you have about 24 hours to cry about this and then you either need to decide to run this company or get a job (laughs) and I had like I said before I had this story that I was telling myself um, that I was an art major and couldn't do math and therefore was not going to be good at running a business and shouldn't and should definitely let somebody else do the business side of things, that I I would be responsible for the art side of things. And so when that sort of went away, I had to confront that. And I, you know, long story short, sucked it up, started running the company, followed my gut on every decision that I was making from then on, And by the end of that first year running it by myself, we had done $84,000 worth of business, which at the time was like more money than I had ever, ever seen. And I remember telling my dad, I was sitting on the floor of my office doing my taxes by hand. And I said, dad, I made $84,000 this year. And of course he was like, well, honey, you didn't make dollars. I was like, just go with it. Yeah. (laughs) And ever since then, we we were we just grew and grew, and you know, I definitely threw all the growing pace of adding staff and and just being in the industry. And we continue to sort of bob and weave with with how we are growing and shrinking and growing and shrinking. But um, yeah, I've run the company by myself since then, and actually only recently this year have added um, a business partner back to the mix, um, who's a woman who's worked for me for ten years and. I really don't want to do this without anymore. So, um, it was very much a like develop your intuition thing.
0: Mm. And I
2: was sort of forced to do that. And I had to really talk to myself about the the ways in which I was limiting myself with the things I believed about myself. And it turned out they were totally not true. And I don't think that I don't think that everybody that's an artist should go out and start a business because they can, because honestly, it's the it's 90% business, 10% art, and not all that fun all the time. I happen to really like the running the business part, and that was super surprising to me. I didn't oh. know that about myself until I did it. Wow.
1: And yeah. so I guess what can you, if you can remember back this far, but um, <laughs> can you tell us what some of the, like, okay, you decided you're going to run the business, you got rid of your limiting beliefs, like, what did you do? Like, how did what you did actually... You know, like, what were some of the action steps early on?
2: Um, well, I got a new computer. Yeah. Um, Good. <laughs> and, yeah, I, uh, for us in our industry, I, we were, you know, a product company that were selling to a wholesale clientele at the time. And this is, keep in mind, this is bef- not before the internet, but really before Etsy, before online shops, you know, like people, there was no Amazon, there was no, you know, like we still had flip phones. So right. this was like, there was a world of opportunity that was about to open up for people like me that I would have taken a hundred percent different path five mm-hmm. or seven years later. So, um, so at the time, somebody said, "Do the stationary show." We signed up for this. I signed up for the stationary show, took my twelve cards, and made sort of a last minute decision at our second year. So we went the first year. Somehow made enough money, or thought it was a good enough idea to come back. And had, we still have some customers that stopped us at that trade show, stopped at that trade show and said, I love what you're doing. I'm going to invest in this. And they are still customers to this day. And those are like dear, dear people to my heart. Um, but I went back the next year with 18 cards. I didn't really get the gist that you should be doing you know, lots of work because my work takes a little bit more time in it. So I you know, I just still only do four cards at a time. But um I went back the next year to this trade show and I made a last minute decision to blow one of my cards up into a banner. Mm. And I had picked this one that I really liked. um, That's no longer in the line. And then at the last minute I changed to the Cape and Tiara one. And that I think, first of all, that card won my first Louie Award, which is a little bit like as close as you're going to get to an Oscar or the greeting cards. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't get to give a speech, which is disappointing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's our big award in the industry. And I blew that card up and, and people stopped. And um, this woman, Karen Wood, who I still know and love, um, stopped and said, I think I can sell this. And she was a sales rep. And at the time... And still, sales reps were really important to sort of getting your work out there because they sell in different parts of the country and know the neighborhoods of the stores and all that stuff. And so she stopped and said, I can sell this. Then that card won an award. And we started, you know, the stone started gathering a little bit of moss. And um, yeah, now we sell to about 2,500 stores nationwide. We distribute to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the UK, South Africa, um, and, yeah, it's, you know, I have eight employees, um, and we do our best every day to keep this as authentic as possible. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, I mean, we we got, and I have gone to every single trade show that we have done in person for 17, almost 17 years, except for uh, when I was really, really pregnant with twins right that yeah I missed that one that would <laughs> one, one be a little tough I was large um <sighs> so so yeah and I think I think a big part of a sort of the the realness of the brand and the way that people connect to it is that you know I do the dog and pony I go to the shows I set up the booth I stand there and I talk to people and I do that as often as humanly possible
1: Right. And you said that if you were doing this now, you would do it differently. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to start, a? I mean, obviously not a greeting card company, but just sure. in general,
2: like what the path you see would be now? I'm completely dependent on the type of work you're doing. But clearly the Internet plays a huge role. Um, and so I'm, I'm in the process of doing some of that work backwards. You know, we've existed and now we're trying to sort of up our presence and, and name recognition online because just the nature of the way that people shop and communicate and connect is is different. Um, I do still think that 100% we will always need to connect in real life, in real spaces, and for my purposes, in real physical stores. But day-to-day, we operate a lot on the internet. So, I mean for an artist or a product designer, there are lots and lots of tools. There's Etsy, there's, you know, um, places that print on demand. There's all sorts of different ways to slice it wherein you don't have to launch a huge wholesale business. Um, but I would, you know, my goal is always just to have like two or three people that are in their 20s working for me <laughs> because ah. they always know what they're doing on the internet more than I do. Um, Cause I'm, a, I'm still very sort of attached to the real life interaction. So, it's so, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because
1: I feel really strongly about that too. It's like people want to give millennials such a bad rap and I do understand, um, Like there are definitely things that are like, wow, millennial behavior, you know, but on the flip side, like when you find the right people, I agree with you. Like I, I mean, the number of times that employees have taken my phone from me because it's too frustrating to try Mm -hmm. to explain something to my old lady self, Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) they Mm -hmm. just want to do it because they're so good at it. Um, well, and it's easier funny. For them to do versus explain, and yeah. you know millennials get a bad rap for behavior, and I've certainly encountered uh, you know my share of stuff that I would categorize in that. But honestly, if you've changed the world the way that millennials have, and they get to live in it that way, it in a way in a way just get out of the way. <laughs> like I gotta give yeah. it up to them a little bit. Like everything is different, and it's because they have decided to live a different way. And I think that's really cool i'm I'm like a big fan of disruptors and people that sort of just take what is and say this isn't working for me and change it. Um, yeah,
1: so. you know it's it's really interesting that you say that because I talked about this on another show, but now when I interview interns nine times out of ten, it's like, "Wait, you did what? You started what? It's like, I know stuff that we couldn't have even done when we were in college even if we were so far ahead of the curve and now that's like what's encouraged mm-hmm. um and so it is super interesting um that they feel that they don't have to ever get a job because they're just going to do their own thing and for mm-hmm. those who really plan to work hard at that like kudos to them um to the ones who think that they're just going to create something by doing nothing um <laughs> good luck to them <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> Don't get
2: me started on famous for being famous. That's a whole other thing. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a. It's a different. It's a different work ethic, and sometimes I think it's it's dramatically misunderstood. And then sometimes I think you know there's a reason that we think that. But um, I'm Midwestern, so we finish the row. We're real like <laughs> good solid German stock, <laughs> like working yes. hard until we drop. So um, those are the kind of people I feel like I attract, and I've I've by and large that has been true.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania, so I'm the same mm-hmm. sort of, um, yeah, definitely that was the thing. And I, uh, I'm i actually listening to Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Week to see if I can, you know, merge the two a little.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Huh. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've had in your business? Because looking at it and looking, I was saying that when I go to airports, like I look forward to when they have your cards because, you know, you know there's nothing to do in the airport and you certainly don't want to sit down and eat the Cinnabon. So, um, much better to read your cards and, um, and think about friends and things. What,
2: um, you know, what are, what were some of the challenges? Well, they're constant. I mean, you know, it's, it's, what's today's challenge. So it's never, you know, you're never waiting long for one. I will say that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, um, historically, first it's meeting demand. Um, then it's managing demand. You know, you have to, we, when you, we came out of the gate strong, we were new, we were saying the right thing. We had the right look. Um, it's never been quite repeated the same way. Um, so at first it was like, how do we fill these orders and learning our processes and making sure we hired the right kind of people um, and for us, culture was really important, so we were hiring for personality first and training, um, which works eighty-five oh, percent of the time. Almost, you know, I almost always believe that that's possible, but um, you get it wrong sometimes. Um, and then it was trying to manage your cash flow. I think cash flow is something that nobody talks about very often, and I certainly I didn't know that it was going to be an issue for us until it was. And then I felt very ashamed of it because it sort of tapped into some of like my fears about management where I thought, oh, I screwed this up and now we don't have any money. Um, And I had a mentor at the time who's still a dear friend and I called him and I said, oh my God, what do I do? Have I really blown it? And it took me a really long time to even have that conversation because I was so deep in there and he said this happens to every business that's ever grown ever and he said most of them survive it some of them don't but this is this is business like this is what it is. is like learning to manage this stuff and not take it personally you did not screw this up yes you could have made some other decisions but there's no way you know that until you know it your job is just to fix it and so that again freed me up Um, To do the work instead of take it personally. Mm. Um, So, you know, challenges like that, staffing, um, you know, we're in a brand pivoting challenge right now where we want to stay relevant in a constantly changing world. And we know that. My, you know, the the authenticity of the writing and my voice is relevant, and it's just about how to package that in a way that it's accessible to the biggest amount of people. Um, so we're we're having those meetings now. We're having those, you know, making those decisions about our brand and about our presence and sort of how we want to bring people together. So you know, it's it's always something. It's a crappy landlord. It's a you know. ah. <laughs> so you know, your one of your favorite employees quits because they get. You know, headhunted away from me. You. you know, there's always something that's presenting itself, and and you know, the business of business is how you manage those things.
1: Yeah. That's no, I job. mean. Believe me, I've been running a business since 2005 and totally get mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, it. especially in my world, it looks like all parties and champagne and limos yeah. sometimes. And then with Instagram making that even worse these days where it looks like every, all everybody's doing is having fun when mm-hmm. the truth is behind the scenes. As you said, your favorite employee had like got headhunted away to a competitor and you're, you know, um, I mean, yeah. just, you know, whatever I mean- it is.
2: Yeah. And trying to afford healthcare for our staff, because that's one of our bottom lines and it's the single most expensive thing you can do. Um, and you know, making sure that you don't get tired of doing that so much that you bail on it because it's super important to you. So, you know, for me, it's always sort of making sure I was sticking to my guns a little bit and it does look lot. It does oftentimes look easy or fun. And it's not that it's never easy or fun. It's a lot of times easy and fun, but, um, But yeah, don't, don't come in, don't come in here if you're not ready to (laughs) to do the work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. This is sort of what I said, you know, my daughter's in total toddler mode. And it's funny because I'm on this super emotional I guess high is the best way to put it. Where, like, most of the day, she's the most adorable thing, and you know, and I'm like just looking at her in awe because you know I was handed this precious being, and when I got her, like, my reaction was they gave me a person, you know, like they gave me a person. They randomly gave me a person three hours after they called me, kind of thing, you know, from a hospital. Mm -hmm. And then, but then the other times when it's really, really hard, I'm emotional on the other side it's like oh my god I'm sleep deprived and all of that and -hmm. and I think that is very similar to running a business that you're insanely passionate about just for anybody Mm -hmm. who hasn't done that it's like you know, you are doing these cool events and meeting cool people and being inspired by entrepreneurs and being inspired by your own art and other people's art and -hmm. the stories and people you impact. And, you know, for me coming off stages where people like realize that they can lose weight and things like that. Mm -hmm. But then you go home and you're like, you literally have 32,000 emails and you you are blowing people off that you didn't mean to. And, you know, it's just like, oh my God, overwhelming that way. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's just, I think the best things in life, like, that's what it
2: is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's the balance of energy. You know, the, you know to go metaphysics, is uh, the the universe will meet what you put out there with resistance. And resistance isn't always a bad thing. That's sort of the energetic law is that for every, what is it, every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Resistance is natural. It's how you manage it and how you deal with it. Um, and it will always be equal to the energy that you put out there. And when I say resistance, it sounds negative, but it's not. It's, it's just, it's the thing that keeps it upright. Like if you don't have, <laughs> you don't have gravity you know, and levity, then you don't have anything. So, um, so it's, it's sort of just figuring out how to do, do the dance. And for me, I'm a mother of twin five-year-olds and <laughs> yeah. um I built a big chunk of this business before they were born and so I had a lot of that started already, but I also had that made me have an I had a other firstborn and then you have a husband and a dog and um or a partner and a dog or not a partner and a dog, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot of, of things to take care of and um there's a lot of pressure to do all of it really well. and so I think I think uh, being real clear with that the goal posts that you have are those movable kind. Move the goal occasionally because if it's like the story that you tell about yourself, the minute you sort of release yourself from that pressure, you can get to the work of it. And if you can move the goal posts to sort of achievable things that you, like I can get this done today and I'm going to feel real good about it, um, it will let you off the hook for feeling like you have to make everybody's lives work today. You have to make this work today. (laughs) Yeah, and speaking of goalposts, we have to go to break, so
1: when we come back, we will um, continue this conversation and find out where Curly Girl Design is going. Stay tuned.
0: Follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific time at 3 p.m. Eastern time. For The Forbes Factor, we Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's one 866 472 or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We're here with Lee Stanley, who's the artist, creator, founder, brainchild of Curly Girl Design. And she's been telling us um, actually about a lot of challenges she's had, which if you look at her everything public I'm sure everyone will agree you're just like wow this is amazing how did she do all this so I'm so elated that she's been so real with us today and and so just truthful about how it all came about um I did want to take a second because I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you before we get cut off at the end to tell people how they can find out more info oh
2: great um we are curlygirldesign.com C-U-R-L-Y-G-I-R-L design.com. Um, people put an E in curly all the time, which I don't understand. Oh, I
1: put um, an S at the end all the time. Design. Yeah, no, there's no <laughs> design. S- There's S- so many
2: designs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, you'll yeah. get there. You'll be able yeah. to find this if you put an S on the end. And then Instagram, we are at curlygirldesign. I am at lee.sign. Stanley, which is mostly pictures of kids and dogs so you know brace yourself and um you know facebook or curly girl design also so it's all pretty self-explanatory yes
1: um i knew you were pretty easy to find but we just want to make sure that nobody uh, gets lost and frustrated um so i'd love to know like what direction well you mentioned you would do four cards at a time what does
2: that look like can we go to the art a little bit for those of us yeah. artists at heart <laughs> yeah no okay maybe it's maybe i do six at a time I, there was a period where i did four at a time um, i go into studio we used to work on a industry release schedule where we have a big trade show in january another trade show in may another trade show in july and then we do stuff for christmas Um, we are pivoting a little bit from that. So it'll be interesting to see how this changes, but I go into studio for two or three weeks at a time. um, And I'm writing kind of all the time and you know, jotting myself notes down about things that need to be said or things I want said. And occasionally I'll put it out there to sort of our fan base and, and say, Hey, what, what should I write about? Because you guys are the ones that are using this. Um, And I get a lot of great ideas that way. Um, And then I, kind of i write they're all written first and then i pick them and i illustrate around them it's all done by hand um it's collage work so it's paint and paper ink um hand stamps and then we take them to our printer and they're high you know high res scanned and we turn them into all sorts of things but the, all the original art is done at my table in my office at home. <laughs> oh, cool. um, yeah, and so like right now I'm going into studio and I'll be working on a spring release and Christmas because we have to release Christmas in July. So we are working sort of always 6 to 12 months in advance. Um and yeah, so um yeah, I just sort of sequester myself. I do a lot of podcast listening to and Netflixing once I get past the writing stage because I can't listen to anything while I write, but I can paint while I write so that's kind of nice I save all of my shows up for when I'm in studio <laughs> wow. and when you say you paint
1: like for the cards and things like I actually this is so interesting because I didn't even mm-hmm. ever really think about you know there are so many layers and things mm-hmm. what size are these done on and what medium and all of that
2: yeah so they're paper um and they are the originals are about seven by seven so they're actually really small oh, okay. um, a lot of people think it's it's done large and then shrunken down, but it's actually done small and blown up in a lot of cases. Um, I work with little nail scissors sometimes and exacto blades and stuff to cut a lot of the stuff out. Um, I paint backgrounds and cut the paper up. and um, So it's all sort of layered with, I mean, f- frankly, a glue stick. <laughs> ah, <that's laughs> nice! It's, a glue stick! Yeah, <laughs> a glue stick. It's, uh, it's basic, but it's it's a lot of fun and it's really it's sort of where I find my most direct channel, like it's where I find I can focus the best and the longest. Very, Very good. In the groove.
1: Yeah. And then, so are there like days that you're just like, I'm not doing any business running. I'm just doing my art. Like how many day? like how long does it take you to do a card? Any of that kind of stuff? Or does it really depend? Yeah,
2: I had to really, um, that was, that's kind of been one. I'm actually going to go back to challenges that for me, it was one of... And I'll call it a success because it's something that I had to figure out about myself. But um, I have a CEO brain and I have a creative director brain. And they are completely different parts of my brain. I cannot almost almost ever do both at the same time. Um, so I had to figure out how to block my time a little bit for our business needs. So that when I'm in studio, the office knows that I'm in the studio and yes, I'll answer emails sometimes at night or something, or you can text me with an emergency. But um, I'm I'm doing art. I'm, like, locked into art brain. And it often takes me almost, I don't know, three three days sometimes to transfer from one to the other. And so I've had to build that time in, too. Like, I have to do a lot of uh, unnecessary organizing of my closet or, like, the spice yes. store or, you know, I better rearrange these photos from 1984, um, before I get really settled into my sort of art brain. So I really have to build in that transition time, um, which, um, I had to learn to honor that because I felt guilty about it at first and it felt like a waste of time and I don't like anything like, I hate nothing more than wasting time. Um, but it's part of the process for me and it's the way that I can channel sort of the best work. So I had to really set myself up for success there.
1: I'm curious uh, if a lot of other people feel that or have had that experience because, honestly, I'm exactly the same. Like, you know I've written, like, nine cookbooks, well, ten cookbooks, actually, <laughs> and two kids' books now that I haven't, like, done anything with yet. But uh-huh. it's funny because I feel like when I go into book mode, it's, like, six weeks of – um you know, hardcore cooking all the time from, you know, crazy early in the morning until late at night. Um, And to the point that, like, I literally had to get an account, like a bookkeeper to do all of my books because I couldn't even come out of that long enough to, like, sit down and do the necessary things in life. Though, Mm -hmm. when I'm not in that mode and I'm not in extreme creative, like, cooking, I can easily do that stuff. So it's yep. interesting to hear. I haven't heard anybody else talk about that.
2: Yeah, I have a little bit, of, I have a group of friends who are a small group of friends that did, does similar work to me and they are also the the founders of their companies and the CEOs in large part. Mm. And they, they mentioned something similar and I didn't find them until I was over 40. So it was a real relief when I found these people. <laughs> um, and they said, yeah, it takes me a minute. Like, and... And one of one of my girlfriends said, "Your brain doesn't operate that way. You have to train it, and you have to allow it to switch." And that, for me, was such good information to have. Um, she could probably enlighten you a little bit more on that. But, um, but yeah, I was I was feeling guilty again about wasting the time. And she said, "Nope, you have to set yourself up. You have to build those bridges in your brain." Um, And so now I spend time building bridges. And I think it is a thing, you know, it's a right brain, brain, left brain thing. It's an organizational versus individual brain. You know, there's all sorts of different ways that we compartmentalize information. So let yourself access it a little bit. Super interesting.
1: Um, So I cut you off on like the, so what, Do you do, when you do the six cards, are they thematic? Are they, like, how do
2: you decide the clusters of them? Is it based on just the season or? Yeah, the only time they're thematic is when I'm doing a holiday. I do all the holiday cards at once. And those are sort of, I just, those are real visually driven just because of the nature of the way that we buy holiday cards, if we buy holiday cards anymore. Um, And so those are a little bit different. And it's a lot of fun because I can be like, I want to do a goat. (laughs) <laughs> you know, do a Christmas mm. goat. And then so I can kind of work backwards from a visual that I've always wanted to do versus um when I sit down to write, I sort of I pick the one that is ready to go first and they they okay. sort of volunteer themselves. Um, oh, so they're all over the all over the board. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's not a yeah, I was just curious if there was some theme or whatever. And then I have a personal question, I guess, of sorts. Um not personal to you, more personal to me. But sure because I don't want to miss this if you have it, but have you ever done one on a solo mom, like choosing to be a mom by herself? No,
2: it's a great, I mean, you're (laughs) not alone in, in new people in my life that are doing this. Um, And so uh, for me, a lot of my writing is age and stage and I am just, you know, getting to the stage where I'm knowing people that are doing this in my peer group. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a, I have a card for adoption, but it's, it's more of a it's not that specific um and so yeah it's great it's great um storytelling right there (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just funny because when you were talking it just popped in my head when you were talking about um you know the stories tell themselves and you encounter people with various things and for me a lot of people know this about me but forever like I I've wanted to be a mom forever and I'm 47 I got my daughter when I was 45 um or started the process when I was started the process when I was 45 and I I just turned 46 when I got her and mm-hmm. honestly it hadn't been like 15 or 20 years earlier, I wouldn't have even been able to get a baby because Mm -hmm. I would have just aged out. Um, Mm -hmm. they didn't give babies to people over 45. (laughs) And so I pretend I'm 29 in Hollywood. It wouldn't have worked with the County. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so I was just curious because for so long I didn't do it because I do believe and have it all and getting everything you want. And Mm -hmm. I somehow told myself that if I did that, I was telling the universe, okay, I'm never going to have a guy. I get it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm settling. And the truth Mm -hmm. is like, she's actually made my life so much better that the Mm -hmm. only reason that I don't regret that I got her when I got her is because like she could not be more perfect for me from being a foodie to looking like me. I mean, it's just weird um, how like she's so the right child for me. So I can't go back and be like, God, I wish I did this when I was 35 when I thought about it, you know? Mm -hmm.
2: Um, But yeah. So just curious. (laughs) I think, I think they choose us and I think they invite the thing at the right time too. I think, um, I think you'll find that because they're inviting a whole other ecosystem into your life just it. I, I always think that it sort of settles settles in the right way Yeah.
1: no I, I completely agree with you and if you do make that card can you give me the heads up because I need to buy a hundred and then I won't hoard them <laughs> we, will, we will send you that <laughs> um, well on that
2: note um, we have to close but before we do I want you to tell them one more time how they can find you curlygirldesign.com um, or at curlygirldesign on Instagram um, we do have a book coming out. I have a book coming oh, out. Right. Um, Sorry, you didn't ask about that. I have one book coming out. Actually, the lady that fired me, my old boss, um, is a profoundly talented children's yoga expert. And, um, she's written a bunch of books called Good Morning Yoga, Good Night Yoga, Yoga with Friends. And she wrote another book of bedtime visualizations for kids called Sweet Dreams. And I got to illustrate it. Oh. it so fun to work with her. And it was just a dream of ours for a long time. And that's coming out this summer. And this fall, I have a little gift book that's full of art and wisdom, I think, um, called Do What You Love. And it's sort of in the vein of picking the thing that you want and making it work for yourself. So those are coming out this
1: year. So keep an eye out for those. Awesome. Yeah, everybody go to Curly Girl Design on Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, dot com, Facebook, Instagram, everything. And, um, I'm sure that you'll relate to Lee as much as I do because it's just been such a fun journey watching her business and buying her cards and sending them to many of you, um, who know me personally. Um, but again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I can't tell you how
2: much I appreciate it. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right. Have a great week, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.